Hey everybody, Clint Forsley here and welcome to the 17th edition of the podcast now named the Clint Forsley Podcast and in this episode it's uh, number 17 as I mentioned, Finding Your Why with Dr. Ian Martin. Now the Finding Your Why series for those who haven't listened are all about people who live their life, live their passion, live their, you know, fulfilled life, full of passion and Mardo or Dr. Martin is is certainly one of those. Uh, I've known Mardo for a couple of years and he's always, you know, always frothing as we say and always doing amazing adventures and also very, very important, he always just just really, really loves what he does, right, and, and, and lives life to the absolute fullest. The big difference here between this one and the other Finding Your Why episodes is that Mardo actually has been through a divorce before. So, you know, had that what we call the white picket fence come tumbling down and had to deal with the, the failure of having a divorce or a failed marriage, so to speak. And, and we chat about how he built himself up and how he sort of, you know, became Mardo 2.0 in terms of, you know, just his take on life and, and, and just the harsh realities of going through that struggle. Uh, I just want to thank Ian or Mardo for his time. Really, really appreciate. Thanks his amazing wife, Megzi, for having us there and for the awesome dinner afterwards. If you are struggling, please, you know, we are here to help and we've been a bit busy recording courses. So go to clintforsley.com forward slash help me. We can help you out. Thanks once again to Mardo. Strap in, enjoy, and we'll see you on the other side. Cheers. And welcome back to the newly branded Clint Forsley podcast. I'm here with Dr. Ian Martin. Martin, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Thanks, Clint. Lovely to be here. Uh, I don't know if you're aware or not, but I'm shifting everything from broco.life to Clint Forsley to run under my banner. So you are the first, you're my first on the newly, uh, newly branded podcast, <laughs> number 17. Yeah. Uh, finding your way with Dr. Ian Martin. Great. Martin, how's your day been? Excellent. Gets to get in the water, get do some surfing. I did. I had a uh, had a surf this morning, yep. and then uh, with the COVID crisis, I've uh, been talking to patients all day on the phone whilst looking out at some waves. It was very nice. Very nice. So we are in Motto and Megzi's beautiful home here, Sunshine Beach. Yeah. I wish you could see the view because it's amazing um, for those visually watching. Hello. Um, so today with Motto, we're doing a Finding Your Why series, and the whole concept of Finding Your Why is for me, I believe you should love your passion, you should love your dream, you should fulfill your life, you shouldn't sit in a cubicle and drive to work and do have a shitty life and just regret everything. And Motto is one of those guys that I met <clears throat> probably two years ago now, I'm assuming we met each other and has always had the biggest stoke for life. He loves what he does, uh, he excels at everything he does. So I thought he'd be an amazing person to, to just chat about his life story and his passion and, and I think the difference to this for the other Finding Your Why podcast, which is obviously key to the target audience's motto, has been through a divorce himself. Yeah. So has, you know, had the white picket fence torn down and, and then rebuilded. And, and I was at uh, you know, him and Megzi's wedding, which was probably the happiest event I've ever been at. So it was oh, lovely. really, lovely. yeah, I mean, it gave me the, yeah, it just, it gave me hope, I guess, yeah, as good. someone who had just been divorced to say, wow, there is, there is that light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah. that's what we had to achieve. So, Mara, let's talk. We, you've said you've just gone 50 plus GST, so just gone yeah. 55. Yeah. Where were you born? Uh, well, I, born in, I was born in Brisbane. So, yep. Yeah, a little place and little town. Grew up around in a local suburb in St. Lucia near the uni and just went to the local state school and had a pretty simple life, really. Uh, I had an older and a younger brother 
and really, you know, loving mum and dad who are still, yep. you know, still together, still alive, just, Whoa. you know, nearly, nearly, nearly 80 and just over. Good genes, brother. Good genes. <laughs> they were terrific. And uh, we just had a pretty simple, simple up, bring yep. them really, nothing, nothing special. We lived in a, not a, nothing grandiose house. Dad actually was a doctor and a surgeon. He, most of his practice was in a, you know, chocolate poo brown Kingswood Holden car, which I ended up inheriting third time down from my older brother. And uh, we just had a, a lovely, simple upbringing in a, a lovely little community. So is anyone in your family not a doctor? We'll get you on it. I know all your kids, I think, I think everyone I, you know is a doctor, right? Is that just... Funny enough, my mother would have been a doctor. She's sort of <laughs> beautiful, but she ended up having my old, older brother yeah. and, and dropped out and you didn't do medicine when you were pregnant. So she she went out of that and she became a, a wonderful, just a housewife for all her life. But my father was a surgeon. Yeah. My brother, my older brother, three years older, uh, Mark, he's a barrister. He wears a wig to work and okay, stuff like cool. that. And the uh, younger brother is actually a surgeon <laughs> in Sydney, lives down at Bondi on the beach. Okay, brilliant. Bondi Rescue, there yeah, you go. Yeah. And, and from a sport perspective, because I've obviously met you through the ocean yeah. and I love the ocean. Yeah. When you were growing up, um, I know now you're a competitive triathlete, but yeah. what are your interests as a kid and when did you find the ocean? Yeah, good point. I think um, <clears throat> I had a very active and encouraging mother who just threw us into everything. Yeah. And so I was you know, taught to swim and run and play or do other sports. I was never really good at anything, but I always had a crack at everything. And so I just tried everything that was in the school sports, played whatever, yeah. you know, cricket, AFL and swimming. And we lived uh, away from the ocean, which is what you know I do a bit of. But I think when I was about nine or ten, uh, my parents got a tiny unit uh, near the Boolurong at um, Alexandra Headlands and Sunshine Coast. Yeah. And it was on the cliff in a unit and we'd just see the ocean and we'd go up there on weekends. Dad was often busy on call at other times, so mum would just take us up there and we'd have a little old Sornox surfboard. And yeah. I just spent every weekend out in the water and went, this is really good, really fun. <laughs> and did, the, did you sort of pursue that passion all the way through from that early age or? Well, uh, not really, I would have loved to, but we, we weren't up the beach every weekend. Yeah. So I just did all the local things that we were doing in our community. I just, I was loved all endeavors in sport, loved it, I played footy and I did some gymnastics and rugby and running and swimming and riding and all that stuff but never really was good at anything but just yep. loved all those sports yeah. and, and do you think looking back was that just just how your parents were and just the environment that you were in yep yeah very encouraging and I had an older brother who was a pretty good uh, uh, athlete Mark yep. was a very very good runner and so uh, I sort of towed along behind him I was never never as good with that yeah and then uh we, with the beach house, we'd go up there every Christmas. So I would, um, you know, for two or three months in a year, we'd just stay at the beach. And then Sweet. that's where I really fell in love with surfing and the ocean yeah. and the water. And I thought, I can do this. Yeah. This is really fun. And was that at Alex at the time? Yeah, Alexandra Headlands. Okay, cool. And did you did you get into windsurfing in the days back then? Or, I did. Or did you? Yeah, a little bit. Well, I was never never great, but we used to go in the flat water and a little bit out in the surf and yeah. loved it. We had a family windsurfer. We all, you know, I the, chipped uh, in. The big hobbies or whatever that we are. I chipped in with money to help us get the, you know, the latest... Uh, you know, windsurfer, and we loved it. And then my brother and I, uh, older brother and I, did it together, you know, quite a lot for a number of years. Yeah. And then um, I just, I got into medicine. And once you leave school and medicine, it sort of sucks you dry a bit. Weekends you'd go out, 
But, you know, and then uh, I did a career in surgery and that was all encompassing. So the decision to be a surgeon at the time, so yeah. was it just what you wanted to do? Was it just the expectation of a family or how did you? No, yeah, good question. I think what happens is you, you lead by example. You see, that's a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah. And uh, so I, I loved my dad. And I thought that was, a, that was a good thing he was doing. And then I went into medicine. I enjoyed everything. In the, I enjoyed all the fields of yep. medicine. So six years of you know being a training, and then you work through the hospital. And I thought it was great, but I, I liked the um, the technical aspects of surgery. Yep. I thought this is great. So, so how does it work in Australia? So it's just from a South Africa perspective. Yep. It was yep. like I think four years, and then you had two yep. or three years practical. So yeah, how, so how did it work out? So six years medicine and a couple of years working in, as a baby doctor in the hospital. Yep. And then you go on and do seven years. So it took me from 1982, finishing school, 88, I was a doctor, yep. baby doctor by 1995. At the age of 30, I uh, became a surgeon. Crazy. So that's 12 years of sort of yeah. focus. That's as quick as you could do it. Yeah. Even now, it usually takes longer now to get through. But I loved it, every minute of it. And... and question i mean obviously yeah. from a from a financial benefit the sur- yeah. being a surgeon yeah. is obviously amazing yeah. but was that always just because you had your dad to to exalt that next level or was just being a doctor never adequate or was your was your eye always on that final prize i, I just did what i loved i actually did i really enjoyed it you know, i thought this was really a great thing that i was doing i never had honestly you know any view about money or anything like that when i started out you know, it was a pretty humble profession, general surgery there I liked, yeah. and you had to work hard, you were after hours, calls in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's pretty pretty taxing. Yep. And so it was an absolute commitment that you don't want to do this, don't do it. And I didn't probably realise what I was in for as much. <laughs> well, I don't think we do before but you never if know, we start, yeah. Yeah, so we went down, the, I went, went down that slippery path and, and you know, you get sucked into the vortex of this life and you, you stick your head up 10 years later and go, ah! <gasps> Wow, here yeah. I am. I haven't stopped. And from a, did you study in Brisbane as well? Yeah. In everything all yeah, done, always done? Yeah, University of Queensland, I yeah. did my, my training. And then when I graduated in surgery, I did a couple of fellowship years. One, you know, you finish your surgery, hasn't stopped either. Then you get more training. I worked in, in Brisbane at the Royal Brisbane Hospital for another year. Yeah. And all this keyhole surgery was just starting now, all that laparoscopic stuff. Yeah. And that was very, um, you know, frontier land, and that was like the cutting edge, and I loved it. It was challenging. I mean, instead of making big cuts, little holes, it's something I've done, you know, my whole career since then. And then I went overseas uh, to Scotland for a year. Okay. And did, you know, transplant. So how do you choose what to specialise in? So you, you yeah. do your six years, you become a, yeah. a doctor, baby yeah. doctor, as you yeah. refer to it. What are your, at that time, I'm assuming it's all yeah. different, it's evolving quickly, yes. but... What you were just, your paths at that time? Yeah, you had a choice of doing any different type of surgery. You yeah. do all sorts of stuff. You can do bone surgery or brain surgery or nerve surgery or whatever you like or general surgery, which is tummy bits yeah. that, I, that I enjoyed. I mean, I had a father who was a general surgeon, but, you know, there's all these different cardiac surgery, all these different areas, and you just have to do what you're passionate about. Yeah, which you for was? General, general surgery, general. abdominal surgery. Yeah. That's, what I, that's what I've specialised in. And I've had no regrets. It's been a great ride. It's changed and it's been, been wonderful. Because that's what's always struck me about you is every time we talk, because, you, I mean, you're up on the coast now and you, yeah. you know, bounce between here and Brisbane. But you always, you know, I'm talking about, oh, going back to work and you just look at me and smile and say, I love what I do. Yeah. You know, even well, after well, however, however many years. I know, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> which is always, always struck me like, oh, you know, it's yeah. going to work is not a burden, which, yeah. is, which, is, which is an awesome thing. Yeah. So you, you mentioned Scotland there. I know you, you guys travel more than I travel to yes. school probably at the moment. <laughs> yes. um, 
where did the bug bite? I mean, because obviously if you committed to, for 10 years yeah. becoming a surgeon, yeah. was it going to Scotland? Did you travel when you were a kid? Or when, when did that uh, sort of adventure spirit come Well, I, Well, I lived as a, as, a junior, as a kid, you know, five, six and seven. We lived in three different countries, England and America and back here. Awesome. So, I was in, um, so whereabouts in those countries? Uh, we were in San Francisco yeah. in, and then in um, a little place called Norwich, little town out of London. And uh, just for a couple of years, I was just a little yeah. sprog at the time. And when I came back, uh, you know, all these interesting stories, I made a few friends and families that I, you know, go and visit occasionally at times. Yeah. But I think it was just a sense of adventure. All the holidays I've ever chosen to go on aren't to um, sightsee. They'd be more active. Mm-hmm. I love just going, doing something um, active, you know, yeah. whether it's climbing or surfing or whatever. So after a year in Scotland, the mud flats, as yeah. I call the UK. Yeah. No yeah. offence, I yeah. lived in London for yeah. a couple of years, yeah. and it drove me nuts because yeah. of the cold. Um, came back home. Yep. And came home. Uh, had to borrow money from my father to um, survive. Yeah. And open my practice. So at the age of thirty-two. Thirty-two. I'm I'm back in the game, and I'm available. Mr. Available. Every emergency centre in Brisbane knew me. Uh, being affable is one of the most interesting, most <laughs> important parts of setting up your surgical practice. So how does that work? Do you want to just pull back and talk through that then? So you yeah. come here, you've got no client book, I'm assuming. Yeah, set up your ching- no ref- shingle. No, go to the emergency centres in all the hospitals and say, hey, g'day, remember me? And a lot of them I trained with. And if, you, if you're not, they all know you. Go, oh, that, he's, he's lovely. Yeah. I'll, I'll call him <laughs> at 3 a.m. And so you, know, you start off doing uh, working from midnight till 8 a.m. and building up a rapport with GPs and practices. And I actually sat in with my father, who was a retiring general surgeon at that time. Yeah. So I sat with him and uh, it was really lovely to, to run things past him for his advice and enthusiasm on how to manage complex things. That was really good. And then um, the practice evolves. You build up a steady more and more work yeah. to do and you're not just doing you know inflamed gallbladders and perforated bowel and stuff in the middle of the night. It ends up being a bit more elective things. and. Opened, uh, brought it into a practice at the Wesley Hospital where I do my private work. And I've yeah. always taught, so I do teaching of junior staff at the Princess Alexandra Hospital. That's great. So I get to meet all the bright, brilliant minds <laughs> that are coming through going, how do I do all this stuff? That You know, just to walk them through my journey. Yeah. And that's been good too. Brilliant. And so how, how many years of that, of that you being the sales guy, of, of flogging before you actually could sit back and go, oh, wait a sec, let's... You know, that's, I, I've, I've got the steady flow and I've, oh, I, I wouldn't say, you know, in quote, made it, but yeah. it's like, you know, all the sacrifices Look, actually it happened, paid dividends. It happened really fast um, to me. It took a couple of years before I knew I had more work than I knew what to do with. Yeah. Because I was available and affable and hopefully able. And then uh, what happened such that I was running around all these different hospitals and one of my anaesthetists, Nick and Steve, lovely guys, said, Ian. What are you doing? You're running around all these, running around sideways, trying to carry. Let, let's, you know, you're doing so much work. Let's mm. centralise and do it better. And I realised I, I couldn't, I could no longer um, spend so much time in all the hospitals. I was too busy. So I centralised and it was great. And I've, and I've been at the Wesley Hospital as my prime. And then you've got you, you've got your own practice. I've got there. my own practice there, yeah. and and I stay there, and I, you know, I'm busy there, and okay. I don't have to run around elsewhere. Crazy. Okay, yeah. so let's let's talk about kids, right? So you. Yeah. Three daughters? Yeah. No, two, two girls daughters, and a boy. Two girls and a boy. Girl, girl, boy. Yeah. Uh, what age were you when you had those? Young. So when I was, you know, when I was basically set my exam 30, I had um, three young kids. I had, uh, <laughs> well played. Yeah, yeah. So you know, they're now, you know, 29, 27, 23. And they're all doctors? Girl, girl, boy. No. 
My, my, <laughs> I, I should, there are two doctors. Yeah. Uh, one of them's a country GP or training to be, one of them's studying in anaesthetics. And uh, my beautiful boy, Fraser, he's doing a Bachelor of um, Masters of Education. Oh, brilliant. In Melbourne at the moment. He wants to be a teacher. Awesome. He, he's interesting. He's fabulous. So he's uh, well-read and smarter than I am, and he could do anything he wanted to do. Yeah. And like I said, you can't all be nerds. Let's be honest. <laughs> nerds are cool, man. Great. Come on, He's man. going well. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I mean, I guess you're, you know, I've met you later on yeah. in life where yeah. you've got this huge amount of energy. Were you... Were you I know it's tough in the early days yeah. when you divided, right? Yeah. I also had open yeah. to our business with kids. Did you manage to find the time to to sort of spend with your kids or, or how did you Good find question, that balance? Because you do get sucked into the vortex of surgery, doing all those hours. However, every weekend, every sporting event, yeah. I was always there. I was a bit of a jock, so I really encouraged the yeah. let's do other activities. So whether they were music or sport, I always you know made sure I was there to yeah. try and support them. And they were all pretty good. At different things, yeah, you know they they did you know tennis and touch footy and piano and running and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, and and, and the question, yeah, once again for them becoming doctors, like that, is that the pressure thing or is that yeah, did you? Yeah, very good question. I don't know. Um, we we I had uh, my wife at the time then Joanne was a GP. Yeah, so we had all these doctors stuff. That's all they knew. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't we didn't try and brainwash them. We said, hey, just do your best. And yeah. scholastically, they were encouraged to do their best. And um, I think they made their own choices, hopefully for the right reasons. And at the moment, they both seem happy in their career choices, and they're enjoying doing what they're doing. At the end of the day, it's a pretty cool thing to do. You don't if you if you do it for the right reasons, it's it's taxing, but it, it's very rewarding. I'm sure, I mean, yeah, I mean, part of me with this project is to try to help people. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. and, and. Which you're doing a good job. Thank you, mate. But it's, it's, it is, right? I mean, it's not the level of you guys where you've got someone's oh, life no, in your no, hands, we... but it's, it's, um, it's amazingly fulfilling. Yeah. You know, once, once you go there. I mean, the thing for me is, and I, and I've been, I think about this often with my kids and yeah. the, the impact of the environment that you bring them in, right? Because we all are products of environment mm. and, mm. For me, a lot of the shit and baggage I carry is because yep. of mommy and daddy issues. Yes. And the more I become aware of that, more, more of the responsibility yeah. as a parent. Like, yeah. oh shit, you've got, to, you've got to level this off yeah. and not project your stuff onto them. So yeah, very good. So very good. Which, which is, you know, we all do our best yeah. as, as you do yeah. with the tools we have at the yeah. time. Sure. So, so now, the negative stuff, right? Okay. So busy life, successful yeah. surgery, yeah. three kids. Yep. Um, you know, to to everyone's everyone else's life looks perfect from outside yeah, in. Yeah. Always is. Um, you obviously got divorced, right? Yeah. Which which I know rocks you and it changes yeah. your world. And yeah. what age did that happen? How did that happen? If you want to go in as deep yeah, sure. as deep as much as you want in on that, because I know it's easy for a lot of guys to see the glossy stuff and the good lifestyle, but the fact that yeah, things have come crashing down. Things have come crashing down, mm, and yeah. you are sitting there by yourself, crying, going, mm. "Shit, mm. is so important." Yeah, well, um, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. It's, it's, actually, it's actually, I had a cry outside. It's so not. Good, really, it's no. not raw or, or yeah. sore anymore. Okay. About ten years ago, I've been married for you know, twenty-two years, and you know, I remember at the the uh, Joanne was, is a good person, and yeah. she's a wonderful mother, and uh, and we we realised we were different people, and I remember I was you know going on a, on a bike ride with my brother mountain bike we go for a ride mm. the lawyer one and uh, who wins he said uh, I, 
<laughs> he he beats me when we're practicing what? running around. Yeah, he does, but not on race day. We'll, I'll tell him. <laughs> we're competitive, but we love each other. He's a great friend. My brother's. A, a Sorry, it was there. This opportunity no, no, was there. I was like, <laughs> but we. Um, uh, I just realised that he said, "You two just don't seem happy. What's what's up? What's mm. going wrong?" And I said, "Well, we haven't been happy for a while, and we're just not on that same wavelength. We've, we've ch- I don't think I'd changed my spots, but obviously I had. And I think when you're not." in love or enjoying the relationship and whether that was from working too hard or too too medical people doing all the same stuff mm. and not interested or enjoying nature or other things particularly it can lead to issues yeah and uh whilst we never had a you know a, an actual moment of you know where this is this is playing or you're playing up with someone else we just sort of got to the point and i said well i think um you know what do you think we're not getting on well here uh, what what do you think about you know if we split up? And she said, "Fine, when do you want that to happen?" Wow, <laughs> I went, okay. Wow, so that's what that was has the... been going on for a while, and it sort of took me aback. I went, "Shit!" I, I was just trying to you know open up that conversation, yep. but I realised it was severe and there were serious problems that were unresolvable, and it was pretty dreadful, you know, to make that decision because you, I'd never failed in anything in my life, yep. and so here I am. You know, with the most important thing in your life should be your family and your marriage and your children, and and I've completely failed in it. Mm. So it was pretty crushing. And um, we, uh, I remember uh, going to find a place to live eventually after that. And I sent my folks said, "How are you?" And I said, "I'm terrible. I've got this <laughs> crushing chest pain, and I think I'm going to die." Yeah. Excuse the laughter, but I've <laughs> been, been there, done that. So job. You, you had this, <laughs> Unbelievable pressure in your yeah. chest that I just, it was this gnawing pain and it went on for three or four days. And I knew it was a heart attack. I'm a doctor, I was listening, going, I think I'm going to die. It's not reflux. What the hell is this? Yeah. But anyway, it went away and it was just serious stress and, and the embarrassment and the whole, just take all of a sudden copying this on the chin and realizing. I've failed, but I've got to move on somehow. I've got to get through this. That failing thing, I don't want to hop on that, but it's, it's, like I'm the same, right? I mean, I, yeah. I, I stayed in my marriage for too long and mm. it, it was because it's, it's, yeah, it's a weird one, right? Mm. It's because you, mm. you know that you're going to be happier outside of it. Um, I was lucky where there was yeah. an event, so I had an excuse yeah. in quotes, which, which made it easier. But it's, but you just, you know, you just never, I, you know, for me, I never wanted that for my kids. Yeah. I didn't want it for anyone, right? Yeah. I, I just, yeah. but, but it's, I think the key of that message is that's a normal feeling but once you get the out the other side it's like oh, i can breathe again yeah you know yeah so the toughest thing was probably uh just bring it up with the children that was really hard as, as you know i uh, how old were the kids at the time uh, grade 12 was my youngest okay. and then sort of uni for the other two and the end of grade 12 just sort of sat exams but still it was so hard on all of them i sat down and with my son Fraser said dad i just did not see this coming i, I didn't know yeah. you two were even particularly unhappy it wasn't like we were screaming or beating each other up this is like two people have moved apart in my own house and the whole world came crashing down for them and really really tough and we got through that as best we could over years it's you know took two or three years to really wind down so there was a lot of stressors that was very tough on the kids yeah and that's what hurt me the most i i was i'm resilient thick-skinned and i reckon i could just about get through anything but watching them in trouble was really hard work. Yeah, I, I still, I mean, because my baby's nine now, right? Yeah. And she still expects yeah. me and my ex-wife to get back together. Yeah, right. 
And you know, you have to have that hard conversation. It's, you know, mm. it's nothing against your mother, but that that's not going to happen. Yes. Like you just need to understand. But it's, mm. I, I, I feel you so much because that's, you do feel you failed them in a way. Mm. Um, but mm. I, but I know for me personally that I'm such a better human being and a yeah. father now than yeah. if I was still yeah. in that scenario. And that's, I know it's clutching on for straws, yeah. but it's yeah. it's what kind of keeps me yeah, going. Sure, good. Because they see me happy, right? Yeah, that, that's important. Which, which is yeah. which, which is what they want. Yeah. So, so the whole financial separation thing, which is brutal, yes. right? And yeah. it's a learning curve for yes. everyone. Yeah. Listen to podcast two if you want to find out how that works. So that took three years to go through. Once all the paperwork and all the. Are you talking about me? For now? you, yeah. Oh no, no. I was thinking three years emotionally for my okay. children. Yeah. Um, uh, I had a, a clever and sensible uh, wife at the time yeah. who said, um, you know, we're going to have to manage this well for our children. Yeah. And uh, we, we went to an accountant together and we sat down and said, we've got to do this. And initially it was what, we'll just do whatever's fair. And I'm, you know, we could both hold our heads up and say we did the right thing for each other. Yeah. Extremely generous and fair and making sure that uh, she was happy with what was going to be done. Luckily, I had enough that we could spread and both be uh, survive and move on with our lives. Yeah. So I was in a very fortunate situation and a lot of people aren't, and I get that. But uh, the barrister who I see occasionally out socially around, you know, the family lawyer said, yeah. uh, he hates me, he said, there's nothing in it for me, my lord. So, <laughs> so I, I, I'm quite proud of the fact that if we didn't, you know, we didn't argue down the track yeah. um, too much at all to allow this to, to, for me, just move on. And that was a good thing. I, I, I... No offence to our lawyer friends, yeah. but every time someone wants to argue, I'm like, you're just wasting money. Yeah. You could be dividing. Yeah. You know, yeah. just yeah. just get on with it, right? Yeah. Anyway, so let's talk about Moto 2.0. So you, yes. you, you, you now, I guess, fending for yourself. You, yeah. you. I mean, yeah. over the year 12, I suppose, yeah. you, your other kids are yeah. left the nest. Yeah. Um, what were your strategies besides, you know, yeah. feeling sorry for yourself in the beginning? I'm assuming. Pretty most good. of us do. Well, after getting through the hardship, then uh, you go through the phase of uh, relief. Mm. And uh, and then I moved into a flat, uh, nice... <laughs> moved into a digs with some... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no. And uh, it, was, it was by the water. Yeah. I had a little sup like a go paddling on the river every day. Is that the same apartment you're in now? Or no, different no a, little, a little one and, yeah. uh, down on, on the river in New Farm. And uh, it was great. It was just what I needed to get away had a little gym and I could exercise and just, you know, just be, you know, clean and green, look yeah. after myself. And what were your strategies just, I mean, in terms of just I exercising? I just trying to survive every day. <laughs> I mean, I was busy at work yeah. and I had all these other things pulling in from work was flat out and maybe I should have had more time off, but just... Um, and then you're explaining the whys. You know, why why'd you break up? You, you, you loved you, mm. you, you. We always used to do all the families and friends. And just getting through that kerfuffle takes a long time. Yep. And people haven't known you. They've seen you again. Oh, Ian, where's, how's your lovely wife? Well, mm. we've broken up. Yeah. You know, so getting over all of that took, you know, a year or two. It's the entwinedness, right? It's like yeah. a, the way I, the analogy I use is a tree. Like those yeah. roots of being, yeah. I was with my ex for 20 years. Yes. Like you entwine. Yeah. And to untwine those and actually live your own separate lives does take yeah, time. It does. So yeah. I think I didn't really have a strategy. I was just sort of going out, you know, feeling my way around again. So in hindsight, what worked? Um, I mean, what worked to get over? Yeah, what, what, what helped you during that? I know you were surviving, but was 
I mean, I'm a huge fan of exercise and training. Yeah. And did that, yeah. Well, those are the things that sort of kept, yeah, I always kept, kept myself kept, busy. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was cycling, you know, three mornings a week and swimming and running and, and exercising and working and uh, had good, good family and friends. Yeah. Beautiful support. And that really helped. So I was never alone. If anything, I just felt like at times I needed to, some time for myself. I mean, I had to learn how to cook. <laughs> I, 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 still I was that. actually I, still I was googling <laughs> and wash. Well, no, I can I can clean, right? But I can't I can, cook. I can do these, but they're pretty average. And just yeah. ask my kids; they'd come over and stay when you know nights. And, yeah. and actually, we had a couple of them live with me for for that time, and yeah. it was the same old stuff. Pretty <laughs> average. I googled actually. <laughs> After being what like four years now being being a single dad, I actually yeah. googled Noosa cooking school. Oh, yeah, you know, two days ago. I'm I impressed. I didn't come up. It's like I got spirit house yeah, and all this fancy gourmet. Yeah. I'm like, no, I want dad meals. Right? Like, it's, <laughs> like, give me a week yes. menu and but yeah, I'm also good. useless like that as well. So. Good. That's good to hear. It's like it's okay. <laughs> it's okay yeah. Yeah, any ladies who can cook yeah. out there, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I guess for me, it's just the the whole. Cooking's never interested me, you know, growing up in South Africa. Mm. The nanny cooked for yeah. us. My ex-wife never cooked, so yeah. it's never been a big part yeah. of our lives or yes. my life. Yes. So I um, think if you've grown up around foodies, yeah. then it's yeah. just part of who you are. Yeah. Okay, so you learn how to cook. Mm. That's good. And had you obviously, did you have this place up as well already? Yes, I did. And did you spend a lot of time up here in the I'd ocean? I come up or? here when I could, yeah, absolutely, yeah. on weekends. And it was getting rented out at times as well, so paying it off, you know, all that sort of stuff, yeah. you know, you go through. Been through a divorce. I'm in trouble. Yeah. We've got to head down, bum up, yep. do my work, do what you love doing, and you know, just do your best. So when did you get into kite surfing? Oh, about 15 years ago. Oh, wow. So you've been a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, I loved it. I saw people out on the water and I said, I've got to do that. Yeah. I mean, how can you not? Yeah. Oh. This, this wind and waves, and it was just so enjoyable. And uh, I did that, went to Namotu, which uh, a really good friend of mine, um, Pete McGiffin said, this is wonderful. Yeah. I only got to visit. And then he said, you think this is good. You've got to go on a Ben Wilson kite week. And Ben's been your interviewer from, he was on the- Number three. Clint Foster, number three yeah. interview. And uh, picked up how to you know, take kite surfing another level. Mm. That was some eight years ago. Uh, and that was amazing. And so I've been doing it with all, all our friends up here, as you know. Because you guys have got a great crew. Yeah, I mean, great did crew. you have that crew at that time, sort of when you no, came up here for no, the weekend? No, I didn't. I you... just had uh, one friend up here that I would go with regularly on weekends, yep. Asher. And yep. uh, and then I met all this other amazing crew as well. It's been great. You Motley know, crew, all that. Motley crew. And uh, dating. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, That's a new world, right? Yeah, it is a new world. And I had fun. Mm. I dated some girls and it was fun, but I wasn't looking for any heady relationship at all. Yeah. I sort of met them and, you know, we might go out a few times, but I just didn't think that was going to be. I just wasn't in the right headspace to carry a long-term relationship. Yeah. And that went on for a year or so. And then you found Megzi. And then I found Megzi. So, oh, tell me that story. Well, I know the story, but tell me the story. <laughs> I do. Well, you probably don't. We were camping with lots of families at Northwest Island, and we got them all for a reunion up at my house. Yeah. So well, we come up here, and I was uh, paddling with a mate um, in our kayak, in our surf skis up around the national park, and uh, Megzi was talking to one of our uh, friends on the beach that was staying at our house. Yeah. And they said, "Why don't you come over and we're having a big cook up and." Uh, get together and I'd sort of known her mutually because one of her uh, her son has, was in the same year as my son at, at school I didn't you know yeah. knew her vaguely yeah. didn't even know she was single and and so um, we're sort of hooked up we went on a 
dinner a week or two later and um, with a group of friends, with all our friends again, yep. back in Brisbane. And uh, we sort of never left each other since that point in time. She crazy. Was, uh, yeah, so how crazy. long has that been? Crazy. Oh, seven or eight years now. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Hi, Megzi. She's watching. She's glowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said to me, I mean, your, your guy's wedding was just... It's, it's the first second marriage I'd been to, All right, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it was just... Mine first, my first. Can't afford another one. But it's um, the, the difference from... And I know you have an amazing group of friends, but mm. as I said to you guys before we started recording, just the happiness and the love and the sincerity mm. was... Mm amazing and also just the like all the first weddings when you kids and you know all that you want everything to be yeah. perfect and yeah. the pretentiousness it was just it was such a different experience and yes for me i left here as i said to you like i'm like oh there's hope right there's hope yeah. for good for good. for that to happen again yes. you know it was just so thank you for having me here it was yeah. it was an amazing day so let's talk about traveling yes and you obviously work hard you guys play yeah. very hard as yeah. well yeah. i think from from correct me if i'm wrong this year you have been to Japan, been to Hawaii. You were meant to be in the Marshall Last Islands. Last year, we're, yeah, meant to be in the Marshall oh, yeah. Islands. You, I mean, yes, you, yes. you 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 we, travel you travel. Play, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So so just just for people who mm. and and once again your philosophy on enjoying right. life, right? right? Because more than we know, people drive to work for two hours a day. Yeah. They sit in a yeah. cubicle. They yeah. go to it. Yeah, if they're living. There's more to life. Well, yeah. What's what's always been your philosophy in terms of having fun and just exploring? It doesn't necessarily have mm. to be spending money. You can. Mm drive to a forest what's yeah. your guys outlook and our take on that well i've um i get st- you know you get really busy at work and then my my staff go nuts after about six weeks we're up to here why don't we have a breather and so i started doing regular short holidays mm. um throughout my my surgical career and then after having uh, going through the divorce i thought this is this is nuts I, i'm enjoying having the break and a, and a better time and more time with my loved ones, you know, family. And so um, I just decided whilst I'm able, I just want to do all these adventurous outdoory stuff things before, while I can. And I can go and visit uh, Berlin and do all the social sites at another time if I have to. So I've tried to pick adventure-based holidays on things that we are passionate about. And uh, Megs and I just love the outdoors. We'll sail and surf and swim and kite and do all that sort of stuff. And if there's um, you know another reason for going, and in fact the holidays we have are just friends saying we're going here. Would you? What do you think about that? Yeah. Or, or, or this has turned up, or there's an amazing you know off-road triathlon race or something yeah. in the middle of somewhere. I'll go. Oh, wow, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So. Um, just taken up paragliding, as you know, and a good friend uh, in Mozambique, who is a, there's a boat. Sounds safe. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a boat that sails around, the Cabrina boat. Yeah. Been, oh, and, yeah. Um, you, can, you can surf and then paraglide on this you know, 25 miles of uncharted coastal That's sand dunes right on the ocean. And you can go up and down and paraglide, and no one's been there in the world. And that, what a beautiful place to go, and that's something I'd like to do. And this awesome waves in Mozambique. Trip. I've been there before. Yeah, um, crazy place. So I just think I just hear about things yeah. and look it up. And I've got a, a spouse now who loves doing all these sort of things as yeah. well. And when you've got a, a companion who's enthusiastic for that as well, it makes a difference. So. Yeah, and I mean, I think, and, and that's kudos to Megzi. I remember your, your best man's speech was great, right? He's 
sense. Yes, yeah. yeah. He really did a great job, but he just said he finally found someone who can keep up with you and not say no. You know, like we're going, yep, yep, we end, we yep, yep. And and for me, looking for a you know a yeah. partner, that's that's I think yeah. if you do have the opportunity to do two point um, do someone that follows like shares your passion yes. or shares your yeah. adventurous spirit. Yeah. So just shifting gear, but in terms of of you talked about keep going. I mean, Mato's mm-hmm. ten years older than me, and I struggled to keep him up up with him and a, another mate of mine guy who's yeah. this guy similar age or yeah same age. You know, I mean, they 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 whippets man. They they <laughs> race horses and us. And they, as I said, they've got a decade on us. You obviously, you know, through your surgery from understand, you do a lot of the tummy tuck yeah. stuff and, yeah. you know, health and nutrition and wellness and sleeping and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. I, you know, as part of my courses, I actually include modules on it because I Good. think it's so important. Yeah, what, what's your, you know, it's uh, the, the dieting industry and the yeah. food industry is a billion dollar yeah. industry. What's your simplistic take on it all? You know, because there's every, every week there's the gut thing, there's a new fad. Yeah. What, what, what are your... You obviously see the worst of the worst, but what's your advice to someone who doesn't even know where to start? All right. So um, if you're unhealthy, you've got to change your life. And, and that just, if you, you know what's bad for you. If you drink too much alcohol and you smoke and you take drugs, you're not going to do well yeah. in the future. And you're not going to be an excellent parent or a, a model. Yeah. And I think once you've been to hell and back with respect to a divorce and breaking up, and you just have to make life changes and say, well, I'm going to... If I'm going to have the best life I can possibly have, which is what it's all about, you have to be healthy on the inside before you can be a role model and influential and be happy and uh, successful in anything you do. You've got to be clean and green on the inside. Yeah. And if you do that, then people will espouse to be like you. They'll want to be with you. you get so much more back in return. Mm. If you're a healthy, positive honest human being and part of that is just being cleaner and greener mm. it's hard to get up every day and say I've got to exercise I've got to do all this stuff but if you find a passion on things you love then it doesn't seem as hard well for, yeah I mean for me finding your why right it's yeah. we, we all foil for yeah. two three hours yeah. go kiting for two hours yeah. and have a huge day of exercise in quotes it's fun be the happiest people alive yeah, right absolutely. just just go to bed with a fat smile on our face yeah. So you, you alluded to green a lot. Do you guys eat a mainly plant-based diet or, or what's your, well, what's, really. what's your strategy I'll, on that? I'll, I'll, I'll eat whatever. I yeah. do think that you know there, there are national you know, heart foundation guidelines, you less red meat. Being slim, you live longer. Yeah. Best to be plant-based. Uh, but I'll eat anything at a time if it's, mm. if it's reasonable and it's fun in you know, an interesting society or yeah, country. For sure. I'll go for it. Yeah. And um, and I don't really try to be too regimental yeah. about that, provided um, it's it's in in balance with everything else I'm doing. Yeah. It's whole, I guess. Is that is that kind Sorry? of the food's whole? Is that the, your yeah. main strategy? Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it tends to be healthy. It makes his outstanding cook, and everything tastes nice. Yeah, and uh, uh, I eat it. So we have a bit of fruit and vegetables, and <laughs> those sorts of yeah. things. Love it. Yeah. And we haven't done an our podcast ever. <laughs> no. So from a, I mean, I, I've I overheard a conversation when you have your people coming in for surgery, you need yep. to lose weight. Yep. You put them on keto. Is that a thing? Yep. Because, you know, who knows what you read, right? It's, it's, oh, okay. it's confusing. Right. Yeah. Um, well, if you're, if you're morbidly obese yeah. and I do some uh, abdominal surgery, bariatric surgery for people to lose weight, 
sadly, it, once your BMI is very high, mm. you know, carrying 40 kilos, uh, it's unlikely that any form of dietary restriction is actually going to help you lifelong. Wow. And numerous studies have looked at longitudinal diet and exercise, medication, you name it. Yeah. And if you start here, you might do Jenny Craig or Weight Watch or any, any medication or keto or 7-Eleven diet, but you'll end up being the same way. Because your genetics and your hypothalamus and your hunger and your metabolic rate don't change much throughout your entire life. Some people can, one in uh, 300 patients can actually keep their weight down like 15 to 20 kilos for their whole life, but most of them have an, a very much an obsessive trait and weigh wow. themselves, you know, three times a day, and that's not the norm. Most yes. of us will not calorie count. Yeah. So, so when you say someone will yo-yo through whatever they do, is that what they referred to as a set point in your body that well, people we do we have a hypothalamic yeah. weight set point like a fridge temperature yeah and the more you go down the more your body will fiercely try and get you back yeah. up which means you have to eat 1500 calories a day yeah. and your metabolic rate so low yeah. that as soon as you stop whatever diet you're on yeah. you'll put it on more ferociously so what do you do for people like that so besides uh, surgery well I, I i don't know that's why i, I think dietitians and exercise physiologists and everyone else has a real tough job in our mm. society so if the, the, the way to lose weight is to boringly, slowly cut down all those things that you shouldn't have, mm. sweets and carbs, and do a little bit more exercise and just turn it off very slowly. And if you can set your hypothalamic set point lower and lower, you might be able to maintain that. Yeah. But that's a change in your whole lifestyle and most people in our society can't do it. And that's why they do end up having surgery because it's the only thing that's been shown to work yeah. if you need 40 kilos off or you end up dying younger with high risk of you know, heart disease, lung yeah. disease and cancers and suicide, depression, all that stuff that goes with obesity. So it's a very tricky problem. I wish I had all the answers. And the only reason we put people on a, a keto diet for, it's two weeks before to shrink the liver down. Oh, is that what it so is? We, okay. just, we, we melt the liver so we can lift the liver up to do whatever surgery we do with a little keyhole stuff. Okay. Interesting. Well, it sounds more, <laughs> I'm more confused than when I started. <laughs> No, because it's just it's another I, chat. I'm fascinated by all that stuff, but it's just yeah. every there's a different trend, right? Every, yeah. every and and for someone who's a computer nerd, you mm. you, you never yeah. know, right? I'm very cynical about all the diets coming out, well, and uh, sadly, uh, with, there's not a lot of evidence to support anything in yeah. the long term. Yeah, everything works in the short term. Any diet you like, well, of course, green, red, blue yeah. diet, <laughs> this hours, in the long term, yeah. sadly, they fail. Okay. Well, there's some optimistic news for you. <laughs> if you just want to lose a few kilos, yeah. that's a good idea, you know. But it's for the for the really big people, it's tricky. That's uh... <laughs> so. What's your stance on uh, obviously looking after your body, stretching a lot, yoga, meditation? Do you do any of that kind of stuff? You seem too busy to do stuff like that. No, I do on a on a Monday night if I can, or if I've been to the beach and doing yep. ex you know doing. Um, surfing and things, I'm yeah. pretty sore. And so uh, with surgery, you're sort of a bit like a pretzel after operating all day. And uh, to do yoga is fantastic yeah. and stretch. I've done that in, you know, since I've hit 50. It's great. I feel much better for the whole week. Things are stretched out and do it. And, you know, I'd like to do more. But I'm a fun-based kind of guy. So yeah. I'd prefer to go for a surf than stretch. Yeah. Yoga is something I tend to do before I'm doing something else. You know, I'd rather be out in the ocean or yeah. flying or... but but. Do I think it's a good idea? Yeah, it's fabulous. No, I laugh because I, I mean, you know, five knee ops from rugby and I get sore, man. You yeah. Because just yeah. go hard and then, but I've, I've tried to, I try stretch for 20 minutes every day if I can. Yeah, it's great. Um, but, you know, everything creaks and hurts. It's good. And, if, you, and, if you've and, got and, the time, then go yeah. for it. 
Yeah. Well, we're not driving anywhere at the moment, so yeah. it's a good thing. Huh? Yeah, it is. It is good. So let's talk about um, surfing, Mardo. And uh, Nat Young, who's a, was he a world champion? He was, 1974. Uh, two times he was world surf champion. He's an Aussie. Is he, I, 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 so you, you got a shout out in his book for charging in Bali. Tell me about that story. I don't know why you brought this up, but anyway, you... No, nah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's an awesome passage. I met him in Summer Island by chance. We were yeah. in a little, tiny little um, surf resort, and it's got this amazing left-hand break. He was told by the owner to fly out there because no one, none of the locals who pay to go, none of the people who pay to go there will be able to surf these ways. It ended up being ferociously big. Yeah. So I was the only one dumb enough to go out. And Nat and I had this day together that was unbelievable. Like, I'll never forget it. It was... He said it was eight to ten foot. Yeah. It was charging, and I was catching the waves of my life. What were you riding? I was just on a six foot eight board. I should have had an eight foot board. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it, it sort of had this ramp. He showed me where to go, yeah, and yeah. where to get on. And if you got on there, you would just have this three hundred meter ride of your life with this huge Big barrel barreling yeah. things. And all I did was try and get away from this wave, and it would catch me occasionally. I'd have these. <laughs> Amazing moments. And so I, I, we clicked. He loved Megzi and I. We got to meet the owner there. We had a really good time. And we've been friends ever since. It's awesome. You know, he's come and stayed. And, and um, yeah, he, he mentioned the book because he, he needed to have a knee replacement. And I put him onto a mate of mine who did a great job. And he, he yeah. went out. He's been surfing, um, you know, six weeks after his Brilliant. knee replacement. So whilst he was recovering from his knee surgery... He thought he'd give me a quick buzz in his book. I think that's all it was. No, it's a great. I mean, geez, Bree, if you get if you get credit from a world champion, it was an absolute privilege. Yeah, it's awesome. It was great. It was I was fun. I was stoked when I read that. I'm oh, like, that's yeah, freaking yeah. cool, man. So well <laughs> done nice on that. Sure. So so talking about learning new things. I mean, to me, I think that the the joy of life is learning, right? Yeah. And, and keeping keeping evolving. I only learned to kite like two and a bit yeah. years ago. I learned yeah. to foil, which yeah. we've yeah. all absolutely all addicted with. Yeah. What's Paragliding is your latest thing. The, I just want your opinion on the being shit at something, because I think it's so good. And I, yeah. and I know for myself yeah. in my in my past life, which was very ego driven, and yeah. I had to be the best at everything. Yeah. I would not do things or try things or yeah. on a wave make a turn because I didn't want to look like an ass. Right. But I've right. kind of got over that. Yeah. And yeah. and being horrible at something and learning a new skill is yeah. amazing. What's what's your yeah. what's your take on that? Absolutely, I agree with you. I think it's oh, just throw away your ego for everything you do. You Yoga's know, always, good for that you know, because <laughs> in all my career, you know, if you if you don't understand something, just ask the dumb question. Mm-hmm. And then the smartest people ask the dumb question: How do you do this? What, what do you do for this? Whether it's sport or work or finance or anything in your life, mm-hmm. just go to these bright sparks and, and ask them, and they're, they're only too willing to help you. And you and I have found we hang out with some really. Uh, almost professional sporting athletes mm-hmm. and they're so good and so generous with their time and skills and I'm just a journeyman just just learning but I love I love being with people better than me it's actually lifts my game and and I love reading up about it and watching how it's done and and the the knowledge about a sport is fantastic and mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm reading about clouds and wave formations and soaring and things at the moment in the air and nature yeah and if, it, if it's outdoors you know I just think why wouldn't you want to learn something you know, we've, um, as you know, I've got to give a talk on Saturday on yes, robotic, robotic surgery. surgery. And Leonardo da Vinci, amazing. He, I mean, he, he, he was a polymath. He studied, and he was he, brilliant yeah. in everything. Art, you know, geology, architecture, one of the greatest artists in the world. I mean, he's amazing, man. Yeah. 
you way can, ahead of his if time. If you're interested, just keep go, just go for it. And and don't and and something I just want to implore yeah. to anyone listening is trust me, people are so busy worried about themselves that they're not looking at you. Yeah. So give it a crack. Yeah, right? drop it's, your ego. It's, Who cares? It's, it's, it doesn't. And you know, if you watch someone on TV, if you watch like the professionals mm. that we fortunate enough to hang out with, yeah. they've been doing it for twenty years and yeah. ten like thirty thousand hours, right? Yeah. So it takes time to get yeah. there. They weren't a they weren't a pro when they when they when they first started. Yeah, I think a good skill is to be de- self deprecating. Don't ever talk yourself up because then you got to live up to this sort of <laughs> thing. You've just opened your mouth and said, "I'm so good at doing this," <laughs> and the next minute you're going to stuff up. You're better off just saying, "Oh, I'm just a trier. Just I'm just trying try. as hard as I can." Yeah. And that's and, and then you have more fun. You don't have any expectations. Well, on absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's a that's not a good point you brought up. And it's also the the, the converse of hanging. You know, once again talking about your environment, I. I'm same as you. I love you know foiling with Ben and Guy and you yeah. because everyone's better than me. Yeah. But but your your sort of your exception of what's, what too. of what's normal yeah. is there. Correct. You know if if yeah. you if you it's it's just suddenly we think we're going 100 meters to be champion. These guys are going two kilometers. You're like, of course oh, they are. Yeah. We can do that. You know yes. they, it's possible to do that. Which we need to up our game. Which changes your battery. You know, yeah. Just we try right. We try. We, we try. We try. So let's talk about your. You've recently qualified for the worlds. Uh, cross triathlon or what oh, is it? Oh yeah, that, look, that's um, I've done some triathlon. That just means you do cross country running and you swim and, and you bike ride. So tell me about that. Um, oh, it's just I just like those three disciplines. I've done them in my past. I prefer mountain biking. It's fun. I got yep. a brother I go with on a Friday morning after you know surgery on the Thursday and then go back to work and it's been a good relief with him and he he loves it so he keeps me involved so mountain biking his is his he thing. was a triathlete very good Noosa won all his years and state championships oh wow and that so that's stuff so I was sort of you know swimming behind him in those sort of yeah. competitions and we were competitive because he was older than me but he was always you know winning all sorts of stuff so I um just moved in I just like doing off-road triathlon and it happened to be um a few competitions around it not a lot of people do off-road triathlon so it's pretty easy to be good at it and it just so happened <laughs> Humble that, that uh, Mexi's got you know blonde hair and she's like a Viking and, and Amsterdam happened to have the world championships for the geriatrics who are 50 plus GST yeah. so I said well here we go there we go let's go and check it out let's go and have a look at Almir and uh, you know let's go to the Nordic countries and just just travel around for a while and so um, so when's that happening that's not happening because of because the of COVID, COVID. yeah so um, We've taken up paragliding instead and, and loving it and, and, you know, looking at places to soar locally. I mean, Australia and New Zealand's beautiful. I mean, New I, Zealand would be here. sensational, actually, if you think about here. that. South yeah. Island, you oh, could, there should have, be some amazing spots there. Yeah, well, there's lots of things to do. So I, I, I've got no concerns about having a great time in this beautiful country we live in. It's yeah. no problem. Yeah, I think we hope, well, we should be locked in between here and New Zealand. We're doing okay. I think so. We think we're going to do all right. Yeah. Have you surfed Raglan before? Blessed. Yes, I have. Once. Okay. Beautiful. Got it? No, no. It wasn't great surf when I was there. It was pretty small. Yeah. It was a rush trip. I had two hours to surf. <laughs> and we had to get back on a plane. I'd done a... Out of Auckland or... Yeah. Oh. Interesting story. We had a really busy four days there. We'd done an off-road triathlon. We'd done a big, huge walk and hike, and we'd fly fished. Mm. We did these things, all, these, all these crazy stuff. We danced till midnight one night yeah. at a pub after a, you know, with, a, with some friends we met. We just had this really interesting time, and uh, Raglan got shortlisted. At the <laughs> but it was fun. It's good. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. that's where all the um, is it the ozone guys are there. Uh, like Kite uh, I think they are. Is that where Armstrong? Falls? I think Armstrong and yeah. Uh, Armstrong foils come from that area because I still I was there. 
Army Armstrong, yeah. Yeah, the, literally the weekend before I yeah. ended up getting divorced. I was there on a surf trip with a mate to Draglin. Um, and then on the Monday... Was it good? You scored? No, we scored. We scored really, really good waves. Yes. And we, funny story, actually, we watched a test... Waves he's talking about. No, 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 no. I was yeah, yeah, still married yeah, at the time. Yeah, right. we, we watched a test match and a mate of mine is a ex-military guy. So he's Aussie patriotic to the death. And we walked into a Maori pub in Raglan. Yes. And there was just the sea of black, everyone in the yes. all black jerseys yes. with the roughest of nuts oh, guys. And he yeah. walked into an Australian jersey in a Fantastic. test match. Fantastic. And the whole room just went silent. And, I mean, <laughs> and then, Beautiful. And then Aust- Australia actually went up like 14 yeah. 0. And he was getting so much shit. And then obviously really? the all blacks. They won. They always won. do. As they did, as they always, did. Yes. but the next day actually it was huge but windy and i saw guys kite, kiting that far left oh, that right. whale yeah. rock point yeah. whatever it was yeah and they literally got into kiting like three months after and i still Wonderful. need to go back and kite Wonderful. it but it looked so good to yeah. kite yeah really really yeah. good yeah we'll have to go so what else have you got planned for this well obviously covid's locking us yeah. a bit so what, any, yeah. any other exciting trips coming up Oh, no, not really. I think um, I'm just, we're just loving the simple life. The last couple of months have been quite amazing. Uh, really good for connection for my kids and my wife and my, my parents. And it's been a really, it's been a beautiful time, really. So I'm just slowing everything down and just enjoying the moment. And being, being in the space of every day is important. I don't have to kick goals or do anything too challenging. Yeah. Just keep, keep doing what I'm doing and loving life. And it, it's been really enjoyable, actually. I, I feel sad for those that are afflicted, but Australia virtually has been, we, we've been missed with this disease mm. so far. We were expecting, you know, a Holocaust in our hospitals. It hasn't happened. We're actually, you know, most hospitals are quieter than they've ever been because of the enforced restrictions. And we're just going back to it. So I, I've just had this great break doing 50% sort of the yeah. work and it's been wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, the, you know, obviously the work side, it was devastating because yeah. everything yeah. stopped, but just the, you know, on my phone, actually a couple yeah. popped up there, you know, this one AFL, the three yeah. kids in three different places and that one basketball, that one hockey, yes. this one dancing. Yes. To, to not do that and, yeah, and, well and yeah. well, we can't do it, right? Yeah. But, but, but to, and then take my kids surfing for two hours every day or, you know, wake up at eight and just have Imagine. a lazy breakfast yeah. with them. It's just, that's it's just special. been so good yeah. because you know we for sure the stress is there but that time as you would know it's yeah. just so important right it just is. to hang out it is invaluable invaluable yeah. so so i've also just absolutely loved the change of pace good so Mardo, yeah. um what would you tell any advice and, and and i and i and i do i do believe everything we've done is frames who we are so yeah. I, I don't want yeah. to say changing yeah, sure. what advice would you give a where were you, 24-year-old young doctor, as you referred to yourself? Yeah. Yeah. What perspective, what, what do you think you, you would, what advice you'd give to yourself back then, going back to 30 years? Ah, very good. Uh, tricky. I, I think just um, being absolutely more honest with myself, not trying to uh, appease everyone around you and, you know, parents and, you know, aspect you know people have you know these high aspirations for you and i think just to drop that down i mean i was having fun at, you know from uni and playing sports but but just trying to be uh who you are rather than trying to be someone else at that time i think all that, we're so influenced at 25 you don't really know who you are but but trying to be honest to your core while still being a good person with integrity and uh honesty and generosity 
because if you don't form those good opinions of yourself early, it appears that you keep those bad traits for the rest of your days. We've, I asked my father, I said, that guy who was really tight, you know, were, were they tight all their life? He go, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't pay for a drink, yeah. you know, for 60 years. And I think if you, you need to break any bad habits that you foresee in yourself now for whatever reason and try and be that other person you want to be as soon as you can. Mm. Tricky. Tricky, but I think you can. There's a wonderful Trevor Endy's program that he runs is brilliant for those, you know, boot camp for the soul wonderful explosion for young people that want to, you know, he's a friend of ours and a, a lovely mentor for many young kids. I'd advise that boot camp for the soul for anyone to get you, you know, to, to help that um, progress if you feel like you need, uh, you don't know where to go. But yeah. I think, but you know, my advice is, yeah, enjoy your life, be passionate, be passionate, find your passion. If you love something, just do it with everything you've got. Yeah, and, and that's actually had a, conversation slash debate with another friend of mine who's actually been on the podcast Friedman about you know kids having to have a uni degree and I think it is important yeah. but I, I'm also at the opinion if my kids just love what they do mm. like truly love yeah. it and, and have a passion yeah. for it and yeah. whatever that may be is yeah. they're going to be such happier souls and absolutely then you know just doing things for the sake of things yeah to wrap up thanks once again for having me in your beautiful home thanks Megzi privilege um maybe one or two bits of advice to a guy who is has hit ground zero um you know yes just that i guess yeah that glimmer of hope right just yeah, right. anything if you can think back to mm. to 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 help someone who's well, think, in the dark yeah, place when you're desperate and dark it, it's a really really tough time and it, and it only takes time but but knowing that there's always uh, a potential for a good upside is worthwhile and um, don't keep arguing with yourself as to who's right or wrong you're getting these horrible arguments in your brain it's her fault my fault you know I'm going to argue with this let that go if you the sooner you can get rid of that put it behind you if you if you look back you're just going to get a sore neck because once you can let that go then you can rebuild and then you can form relationships with how you want to be after that because you go through such a murky patch you you're down and you, you start doubting who you are am i a bad person what I, I made this happen i'm such a schmuck i've done everything wrong i, I must be you know i'm shit. and if you can just say hey I, i'm not that person i'm going to rebuild and i'm going to do everything i want to do with passion and be honest then you're fine so don't worry you you have all these doubts you think you're, you know, this is as bad as it can be, but it's, it's not worth ending it because there's a lot of good out there. And if you do your best and uh, keep chipping away, good things can happen. And they certainly have for me and they're certainly happening, happening for you. And I think they can happen for anyone out there if they, if they give it a shot. Brilliant. I think that's a perfect note to close on. Marta, thanks so much for your time and look Pleasure. forward to getting some waves tomorrow. Okay. Cheers, Thanks, mate. Cheers. <laughs>